If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, then you might have noticed that we have a different intro. That's because we're looking for new sponsors for the show. Not only can you get custom shoutouts during ad breaks, but you can also add your links and messaging in the show notes. Not only that, but we will work with you to create a custom package according to your needs. It's everything you need to market your event, course, or service all in one place. Go to rebrand.ly slash C-I-I-R-E to get started. You can also help sustain future episodes with a small monthly donation by clicking the link directly in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. And as always, if you feel motivated, uplifted, or inspired anywhere along this episode, please take a screenshot and tag me at Joanne C. Tan on Instagram because I would love to repost you. And also don't forget to give this podcast a positive review. So it's not often that we have seasoned engineer and scientist in the field of robotics on this show, but today's guest worked with institutions like NASA to help paraplegic people gain mobility through robotic exoskeletons. However, after the government refused to fund these initiations for further development, he decided to take things into his own hands by starting a real estate investing company and an SEO company for real estate investors, which allowed him to continue his research and develop solutions to those with mobility restrictions through robotics technology. Welcome back to the Crushing It in Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Tan, and I'm super excited to welcome Gerald to the show. Nowadays, Gerald flips three to five houses at a time and helps other investors claim the number one spot on Google in order to increase their conversion rate through his SEO strategies. Hi, Gerald. Hey, Joanne. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. Do you want to go ahead and let the listeners know how you got started in real estate? Yeah, sure. So um, I was, like I said, I was a scientist. Um, I am international. You can probably hear from my accent. So I was on a, on a, on a student visa here, trying to get my green card going for forever. And the way I did it is uh, I rented a house and, and then I rented out the rooms of my house, right? So the bigger the house, the more, the more money I would get. So that's how it started. So um, I rented the biggest house I could get, and then I rented out the rooms to other students, and my entire stay as a student here was pretty much for free. Um, it's kind of like house hacking, but then the student version, I guess. And that turned into a great idea to do the same thing, right? So um, when I was starting to buy my own house, and um, I wanted a very nice big house, okay, of course, in a nice, nice, nice neighborhood. So I found a lot on the lake. It was very expensive. But I figured, you know what? If I do get this lot and I build my house in that five-room house, if I rent out the rooms in the house, I could really get a nice kind of dream house and don't have to pay for it. So that's exactly what I did. And it worked out fantastically. So luckily, I did that because then I was shipped to Houston. For, I was in Pensacola then, right? So that was in Florida. So I could... I could keep getting income from my house while I was was away doing work. And that turned, that opened up the gates to the whole investing thing. So when NASA lost funding for hardware development, I decided to um, just take this thing further and start instead of just doing more houses for rentals, I figured, you know, the best way to make money fast is by flipping houses, right? So I was always already interested in real estate. 
since I started renting, renting out my rooms. And that turned into wholesaling. That's how I started. But from wholesaling, I didn't like it that much. So it turned to flipping as soon as I could. And now we are really ramping it up. And now because we are quite good at getting leads, we're getting way too many leads. Now I'm going to go back to developing my entire wholesaling empire. So that's where we are right now. So that's how this whole thing started. Wow, amazing. You were doing um, rental arbitrage before it was even a thing, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had no idea it was, there was a name for it. I just did it, you know, and yeah, I guess it, it worked. Awesome. What part of wholesaling didn't you like? So when you first start wholesaling, right, you, you find, you find boards like uh, uh, pockets. And the, the thing with, with, with uh, these public forums that everybody has an opinion, and opinions are quite dangerous, to be very honest. So, so the way people give opinions is they sound like they know what they're doing. This is how you do it. That's how the opinion is given. Nobody says, I am, I'm a newbie, but I'm doing it this way. It might work, might not. Nobody says that. People say, oh, yeah, do this, do this, and do this, right? So everybody will tell you on, on bigger pockets, yeah, you have to tell the seller that you buy houses, and you're going to offer cash to the houses, and then you're going to quickly, behind their back, run and get a buyer. And if it doesn't work, well, guess what? No problem. You can always just escape the contract and that's it, right? Well, for the honest people among us, that is, that is a nightmare. Like, yeah, great. If you, the deal goes through and nobody will know what you did, okay, you got away with it. But if the deal doesn't go through and the buyer backs out, then what? Then you have to tell the seller, oh, you know what? I'm going to back out because my buyer, no, I hated it. So, um, that is one thing. So, obviously, I, I learned quite quickly that's not the way to do it. So what we did is we actually told the buyers, the sellers, quite honestly, listen, I have no intention of buying your house. I'm going to wholesale it. And as long as you explain it right, believe me, people will much rather you wholesale it than buy it in cash. And the way we explain it is uh, we tell them, listen, I'm a flipper. I buy houses and I will put X money into it. I'll, the, the work I'm going to do depends on what the comps say, like if all the other houses in your market are have, having open floor plans and they have brand new kitchens and hardwood floors and they have granite, well, guess what? I'm going to have to do that as well. So the expenses will be far more than if an other investor would come in and buy the house as a rental. They're just going to do a deep cleaning and that's it, right? So we tell them, we can give you an offer, but the offer will be lower because we have to pay for, for private money, we have to pay for all this thing and open floor plan, all this stuff, or Give us about three days. Give me three days. Sign the contract for three days. I will market this contract to my buyers, the, the, the buy and hold investors. And if it's, it's a good deal, I will know within 24 hours if it's a good deal because I get a ton of responses. If I don't get any responses, we already know immediately it's not going to work. It's not going to, it's not going to go through. There's the contract up. You lost three days. Literally, you lost three days. So what are three days? And a lot more for your house than a cash offer right now and, and you lost 20, 20, 20 grand or not. So obviously everybody would say, yes, wholesale it for me. So that way you are being completely transparent. If the deal doesn't go through, you know exactly, the seller knows exactly what to expect because we explained the whole thing to them. Everything is completely honest. And whenever the deal didn't go through, we still get a five-star review on Google because they, in the Google, they said, yeah, these guys were amazing. They were honest. And they did their best. And even when it didn't work, they still helped me out. We, it's a complete opposite effect of 
doing it every the way everyone is doing it. So so but so so it's a lot of work. That is why I rather not wholesale. I much rather just don't deal with people. The less people I have to deal with who depend on making money, the, the more money I will make. So with wholesaling, you have to depend on the seller, everybody has to depend on the seller, but you also depend on the back end buyer. And to depend on somebody else to make a deal, uh, that's a nightmare to me. So I much rather just cut out all the middle people and just, I want to be responsible for my own money. So the second you flip the house, right now we're in a position that we can flip with our own cash. We do not have to, we have to do hard money lending or private money lending. So all of that is just eliminated. We make an offer. We can buy that house the soon, as soon as the seller's attorney says to you, okay, so it's all, it's all on them. We buy with our own cash, there's no problem. And the, uh, the house is us, the house is ours. I don't have to worry about somebody else owning a mortgage on it. It's, it's all free and clear and we flip and we just take our time. We do whatever we want to the house. And it is so easy, so stress-free. It's a lot, it's a lot better model for us. Yeah. I mean, dealing with people is the tough part, right? <laughs> but yeah. I love the way you wholesale because, you know, you're really working with the seller and being transparent. I think sometimes wholesalers can, you know, get a bad rep because some of them don't care and, and they end up leaving the seller in a bad spot, which. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know what? Wholesaling is quite easy, but nobody really gets it. Like, do not sign a deal unless the deal works for you. What every wholesaler does is they negotiate, negotiate, and negotiate until the seller won't go below a certain number. They sign it based on that seller's number, and then they're going to rush out and find a, a buyer. Yeah, well, guess what? You're not going to find any buyers that way. So you only sign a deal when the numbers work for you. So what does it mean when the numbers work for you? It, it means that before you make an offer, you figure out the ARV, you figure out the cost of, the, of repairs, you figure out what your back-end buyer profit margin is, you figure all that out, and that number to come up with works obviously for your back-end buyer. If you sign that contract, I'm telling you, you will get the contract signed from the, to the back-end the back buyer in a matter of hours, not days, not weeks, just hours, because nobody has the good deals. If you come along with a good deal and you wave that contract around, you'll have 20 buyers fighting for that contract. So as long as you only sign contracts when the numbers work for you, you will get it sold, you will make the money, and your seller will be happy. That's the most important thing. Because if your seller is happy, you get better reviews, and when you get reviews, you get so much more leads. So, it, yeah, I, I just don't understand why, why wholesaling done wrong is still a thing. It, it's, it's in any way you can see it or pitch it, it's way easier, way better, and way faster to make money if you do it legitimately. I just really don't get it. Mm -hmm, right. And, you know, real estate is such a, you know, team and people business reviews are really key here. And it sounds like yeah. you, you have a lot of experience with that, with, you know, helping people with their SEO yeah. and their website. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, um, okay. I'm going to carefully say this. Okay. I'm going to say everybody, I'm going to say a lot of people, a lot of people do SEO wrong, okay? And I say that word lightly, pretty much almost everybody is wrong. So here's why I say that, okay? I know that every SEO company will tell you the same thing. Yeah, they do it wrong, we do it right. Everybody says this, okay? I am not joking when I say they're all doing it wrong. Here's why. Everybody is trying to please Google. And I dare anybody to say I'm wrong. No, every single person here on this planet is trying to please Google. We don't please Google. 
you're not supposed to please Google. Even Google doesn't want you to please Google. What Google truly wants you to do is please your traffic, please your audience. The only thing Google wants is to, for you to build a website that delivers actual value to the traffic. Because here's the logic behind it, right? Google has just one job. Google's job is to rank the best website number one. That's it. Why? Because if Google ranks crappy website number one, people are not going to keep using Google. People will use Yahoo, Bing, DuckDuckGo, whatever thing is called, right? And if people don't use Google, Google makes some more money because the way Google makes its money is by, is by having ads. If nobody is on Google and nobody clicks on the ads, Google has no money. So it's in Google's best interest to rank the best website number one. So now you will ask, well, how does Google determine which website is the best website? Well, the answer is quite easy. The website that provides the most satisfaction to its users is the best website in Google's eyes. I don't care how good looking the website is, how fast this is, how, what color it is. As long as this provides value to the user, Google will rank it number one because that's what Google needs it to be. So then the next question becomes, well, how does Google determine, right? Uh, how do you become the, 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 the more value to the, to the user? Well, time and page, how many forms you get filled, uh, how, how many people bookmark your website, how many buttons are clicked, all of these metrics is a part of it. So it becomes quite funny when you think about it, right? So check this out. While the rest of the planet will tell you, if you rank number one, you will get a bunch of leads. That makes sense, right? Everybody thinks that. Well, I say the exact opposite. Ranking number one does not get you any leads. Ranking number one gets you traffic. There's a big difference between getting leads and getting traffic. So while everybody says ranking number one will get you a bunch of leads, as I say, no, get leads. Therefore, you will rank number one. So as long as you focus on getting leads, you will rank number one. Why? Well, what better metric is there for Google to evaluate how good a website is then checking out how many people find your website so amazing, they trust you so much that they're willing to, to enter their private and personal information into the website. If you can get a bunch of leads, Google will tell you, well, wait a second, that website must be amazing. Therefore, I will rank them number one. So, and that is why we literally crack the code. Well, and that's a funny thing. A lot of SEO companies are going to be hating me for this, but. <laughs> You cannot let an SEO company do SEO for you because the only way you can do SEO the right way is if you provide legitimate value to people and you cannot mass produce that. You cannot have 40 websites that you're managing SEO for and then produce unique content, unique satisfaction, really catered to the unique traffic that the person is, is trying to attract. There's, there's no way, there is no way. So the only way an SEO company can do that for you is if they do mass SEO, that means they already have 3,000 blogs going and they give them the clients shady backlinks from their blogs and that's the only way. And that's, and that's why we are so successful with it because the only way somebody can beat us in SEO is if they do it themselves. And if they do it themselves, you have to be better than us. And yeah, good luck with that. And so what do people do? They hire SEO companies, right? And I love it. You know why? Because the second they hire an SEO company, the SEO company will butcher their SEO and we only get stronger. So, and a few, well, a few, we have like, we have like 
200 clients right now. So all of those group of clients, they have figured it out. So, so they've listened to us. It made sense. So they go with us and they sign up and we have a party and so on. But, but yeah, so that is our brand of SEO. And that is why I truly say, okay, if SEO is really easy, you don't have to pay me for it. You don't have to pay me. You have to pay an SEO company, you don't pay anybody. SEO is pure logic. It's pure logic. And here is a very, I'll leave you with a very funny little, little, little thought, right? So everybody asking Google, well, Google, how do you do SEO? How do I rank number one, right? Google is actually number one, right? So everybody asks Google, how do I rank number one? So Google will tell you, sure, I'll help you out. Go get backlinks, go to citations, and stuff your Selma House fast keywords all over the place. Now you have like 5,000 invested carrot websites, 3,000 leafable websites, 15,000 original standalone websites. They're all going to do backlinks. They're all doing as uh, citations, and they're all going to stuff their Selma House fast keywords all over the place. They look identical and they're going to apply the exact identical SEO to it. And it is literally beyond me how nobody ever thought about how that doesn't make any sense. So, well, obviously to me, that didn't make any sense. So that's why I started from the beginning. So when, when, whenever anybody wants to start learning about SEO, where do they start? They start with Google. They're going to ask Google. We didn't, we started from the beginning. We started from, okay, how does Google work? Why does Google do this? And why does that? Well, the only thing Google wants you to do is please your audience, and that is why our SEO simply works so, so well. And, that, and that's the SEO story. So we did it for us. We, did, we didn't set out to become an SEO company. Like, come on, man, I'm, I'm, an, I'm <laughs> when I was becoming a NASA scientist, right? I was never thinking, oh, I'm gonna be professional house. I want to be an astronaut, okay? Look how, look how that worked out. Right? So yeah, but, but we fell into this. I needed leads for my own company. I had to crack the code because I was done wholesaling. I was done. I needed to have money. I needed to make, make money. And the, 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 the way you make the most money, the fastest way is literally flipping houses, right? Um, so that's why we, we just needed the leads. And, we need, and because we are flipping houses, well, whether they wholesale, flip house, or buy and hold, you really need very discounted properties. And the only way to, to reliably get sales discounted properties if you are really targeting extremely motivated people. And it's just all around a good thing. I mean, but SEO, I don't look for them, they look for me. I don't pay a cent for these leads and they're highly motivated. And here was, here was the best thing about this, okay? I'm going to tell you one of our standard signature phone calls. The phone rings, I say, hey, Gerald speaking. And I say, hey, what, Gerald? This is really, wow, I, I didn't expect anybody to pick up. Nobody ever picks up with these companies. So, punch for us already. And then we talk about, then you start talking about, man, I, I've, I've done some research on many, many companies and yours, man, wow. I've been following you guys for like three months right now. Your reviews are amazing. And your NASA stuff, oh my gosh, my mom is paraplegic too and she could use that thing. And they go on and on and on for like five to 10 minutes fan gushing about how awesome we are right but here is what is really happening by the time they reach us they have already vetted themselves they already convinced themselves that we are the ones to pick i don't have to do a thing 
I don't need to explain anything. I don't need to show them that we are real. I don't need to do anything other than, okay, let's set an appointment and let's get the contract signed. That is all I do. So before I even knew they existed, they did all the work for me. And by the time they are ready, they'll call me and all the work is done. So, so what this means is while literally everybody else is spending a lot of money, effort, and time finding people, and only when they have spent that money and time effort finding those people, only after that are they going to figure out if they are motivated or not. How does it make any sense? So you spend $5,000 on directing marketing, 1% will call you back, 1% will call you back. Out of that 1%, probably like 80% of these 1% will tell you, get me off your list. For the rest of them, okay, sure, you, you, you make an appointment. Not a deal, but an appointment. But you know, more than 97%, more than, more than 90%, well, more than 99%, actually. But anyways, more than 97% of the money that you spent went to people that were not motivated. On the other hand, what we do, we do not lift a finger nor spend a single cent until I know they are motivated. By the time they fill in the, the form on our website, they are obviously motivated. So only then I'm going to spend money, time, and effort on nurturing that lead into a deal. So do you see where this, how, how there's a huge disconnect between those two worlds? And people simply, I do not know why, but they do not, they do not see that. They do not realize that. They think that direct marketing or cold calling or whatever method is out there is standard. That a 1% return rate is okay. <laughs> but how is it okay? It's not okay. 1% in, in the world of science and engineering, 1% of efficiency is horrible. It's, it's unacceptable. So but anyway, so, so that is why I'm so against all these, these other methods. And that's why I don't deal with them. Yeah, I feel like you've really um, figured it out because even for me, you know, when I started building a website, the first place I went to for SEO was Google. And I was yeah. like, oh, I got to create all these backlinks. Wow, looks like yeah. a lot of work. Who can I hire yeah. to do this? <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. I didn't take that step. But, you know, like you said, whatever they do, um, you know, Google's getting smarter too. So they can figure out when you're faking yeah. it. Plus, yeah. They'll get a lot of traffic, but like you said, they may not even be a warm lead, you know? So how do you differentiate? Um, it sounds like by the content you produce, right? By providing value. And that way, when people um, sign up for a call, they are already pre-vetted themselves, basically. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. But so check this out. Okay. A lot of people also misunderstand value. Okay. So everybody thinks, oh, providing value means like, Oh, you have, you have amazing content. No, not at all. Like, look at your standard average investor card website. Okay? Okay, uh, maybe I shouldn't say investor card. Maybe look at your standard, standard, your, your standard average real estate investing website. Okay, literally, go to your market, type in, we buy houses in your city, your state, and open the first 10 websites on Google. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure I'm not wrong you will see just a bunch of text, just a blur of text. It is not categorized. There is no structure. There's no layout. The pictures are crappy. The pictures are generic pictures. That is the opposite of providing value. If you look at our website for a second, you will see that all our content is very short. 
I do not ever have long content. I have short paragraphs, short sentences. Our website is very, very visual. There are lots of pictures, lots of profession looking pictures. It is very enticing to read. I don't even, I didn't even talk about what it says. I am just talking about, is it enticing to read? If it's enticing to read, guess what? I provided value. Look at my domain name. My domain name is We Buy Houses in Connecticut, right? Google fronts upon exact match domain names. I'm telling Google, Google, I'm sorry, you're wrong, I'm right. And Google will say, yes, I'm sorry, I apologize. And I'm, I'm actually serious about it because Google says, no, do not use exact match domain names because you are just trying to manipulate the rankings because in, uh, in case you don't, do not know what an exact match domain name is, that's, that's a domain name that actually somebody will type into Google to find a service they want. For example, somebody will type in we have a house in Connecticut to find companies like ours so if somebody takes that keyword and turns that keyword into a domain name it's called an exact match domain name okay so google frowns upon it because into, into google's eyes you're manipulating the system because you are just trying to rank for a keyword right and i tell google no you kiss my butt it's not the way it is at all so and the way google apologizes is because google is number one they list my pictures they put a whole knowledge graph on site with my company name with my it so google so google knows he's wrong so the reason why I'm, I'm i'm saying this is because of this okay so my domain name itself provides value because when somebody types into google oh my lord i am so in trouble i need to sell my house fast because i'm going to lose everything in foreclosure they type this whole string in and then on the search results page you see several websites here is abc property solutions here is CT, um, house geniuses, uh, um, home doctors, and then you have weepahouseinconnecticut.com. Which website provided, the, which listing provided the most value? Obviously mine, because my name, without them having to even click on my name, they know exactly what services we provide. They do not have to go through the trouble clicking on the website, reading the content of the website to figure out if you were a good fit. No, they know before even clicking on my name, you know exactly who we are and what we do. So my name alone already provides legitimate value to people. So when I talk about value, it's not just, oh, content, explain how it works. No, that, that, that is not even, uh, that's, that's the obvious part of value. That's, that's not even remotely even in this discussion. The actual value is everything that helps a person out, that makes their internet experience easier, more pleasant. That is what it means with providing value. And everybody says, oh, content, 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 content is, is, is last. The last thing people look at on the website is text. That's the last thing people want to look see, want to see. Pictures first, layout second, web art third, text is all the way last. So content is obviously amazing, but you need to have people read the content first before they even read it, right? So, so and, 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 that's, and these are kind of strategies that we apply, and that is why we are really dominating the, this entire state. Yeah, you kind of do it um, like totally differently than other SEO companies out there. And it sounds like it's working for you. So that is yeah. awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Something you brought up that I want to go back to is when you're talking with these sellers, if the deal doesn't go through, you know, for a wholesale deal, would you end up buying that for your own flip? So it depends. It depends. So, so like I said, we have only um, signed contracts when it works. Okay, so not often at all. I'm trying to remember if any time a deal went through. So yeah, a deal sometimes it doesn't go through, 
what we do then is we either do some creative methods or we we buy it ourselves and we hold it and we just put a renter in it and until we have the time to to handle it we take care of it and we flip but uh it is quite rare the deal doesn't go through what what happens more often is the flip goes wrong <laughs> that is way more more often than a, a wholesale deal not going through as long as you sign the contracts the, the, the numbers work for you it's, it's almost it's almost impossible for a deal not to go through but if you buy it um you know cheap enough low enough your flip should be okay right so what's happening there okay okay so so Luckily for us, lucky, lucky, luckily, we buy our flips very low, very low. So when things go wrong, we still make like a, like a, I know, 40 grand or something. But here's what happens when the flip, okay? And, and we learned this the hard way. So here we are, happy little investors, go to a house, you buy the house and we think, yeah, I'm going to flip it. And you say, yeah, open floor plan, this HTV, this, right? So we do the flip and halfway through the flip, we say, oh, you know what? There's that space over there. Can you imagine if you put a bathroom there? Oh, wow, it would be amazing. Not only will the sellers be more happy, but we can sell it faster. Yes, and we convince ourselves we have to do that. That simple little change is a recipe for disaster. Everything suddenly gets delayed. Because you put a new bathroom there, the floor needs to be reinforced. We need to do new piping, and because of the new piping, get new permits, and the, the, the inspector came in, they said there was no original plan, and flips are becoming a nightmare. So that is every single time. Well, well, let me take it back. Most of the time when the flip goes wrong, it's because there's a, a, a dang contract that just messes up and they, they underbid the whole thing and they can't really can't deal with it, so they vanish. And that is uh, that's the number one reason flips go wrong. But we have learned that lesson quite early in the game. So right now we are literally have changed the entire payment system entire vetting system of, of contractors so you know never again do we give a contractor a cent before they did more work than what we owe so so that's that's all but yeah so the number one reason for us back then when the flip went wrong is because you are always changing plans so what we do now is we spend literally two or three days walking through the house getting all the plans in order getting a gantt chart get chart going plan the entire thing so now what we do is we can order all materials we know exactly when the the inspector is going to do the final inspection for for the plumbing like like weeks before we even started we know exactly every date and the only thing we do is we hit the play button and this thing just unravels and it just goes quite smoothly if you do it quite if you do it right there are some hiccups here and there obviously but as long as you don't change plans you really should be good. Just do not change plans. Mm -hmm. That's when you want to like change it, add in that uh, one bathroom there and, uh, you know, open more uh, living spaces. Yeah. Open floor yeah. plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now things go wrong. Hey, what about, yeah. you know, vetting your contractor? You said you had problems with that in the beginning, but you have a new system yeah. now. Yeah. So, so, what we used to do is we, everybody everybody asks for references, right? Everybody asks for references. Nobody follows up with them. And me included back then. I asked for a reference. They gave me a reference. Oh, they gave me a reference. That means they probably are good references. Otherwise, they wouldn't give them to me. So why follow up with them, right? So no, just, just instead of asking for references, 
don't ask for references. Ask them for their current jobs. If they do not have any current jobs, then that's questionable if they're a good contractor. If they were good contractors, they would, have, they would be swamped with jobs, right? So ask for their current jobs. And then go to that site unexpected, talk to the owners, talk to the owner, ask them if they know of any other jobs they're doing and any reviews, whatever. What do they think of them? And that's, that's the first stage of, of vetting. That's the first stage, like a serious background thing. And the thing is, it's a lot of work, but believe me, it's worth it. Because if you make a mistake, and you, it can be really game over for your entire business, if you do, your, especially your first flip. So then, um, what we do then is we do not pay a cent before they start. Like, until after they start, they, they, do, they do a day's work, a week's work, doesn't matter. If they do not have a credit line, for home depot that they can get their own materials that is an orange flag it's not a red flag because it, it goes both ways right like plenty of contractors have been had as well with people that do not pay them so i get it so the 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 solution is i can tell them okay i will put 10 grand in escrow the tag is escrow i have no access to that if you obey your contract and you finish the contract my, my lawyer will give you the money if they have a problem with that there is something deeper going on that you should be concerned about. So that's our last resort. If you do not want to pay anything, then we do, then we do, the, we do the escrow. Again, if they have problems with the escrow, then something is going on, get to go to the next one. And you just have to vet your, your contractors. And the second you have a good one, you keep them and you treat them, you treat them very well. Because those guys will make you successful. So that's how we do it. Yeah, those are some great tips because I don't know about your market, but, you know, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, it's been really hard to find contractors, you know, even through COVID, they've been so busy. And what I hear from other people who do a lot of flips is even if you find a good one, you know, something ends up happening or, you know, they get taken away or yeah. whatnot. So yeah, yeah, yeah treat yeah. them well and yeah, yeah, together yeah. So, you will grow. Yeah, yeah. So what, what we do is, we go to the job site unannounced and we bring pizza, we bring Malta, we bring food, you know, we laugh at them, we help them out, we clean for them, you know, we, 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 we are part of a team. And we strategically do it, not because it's nice, because you build the relationship, but the work environment just becomes way more pleasant. It becomes really, really happy, light, you know, it's, they just work a lot harder. They, they just work a lot harder. And so we, we bring ACs, like in, in, the, in the hot periods, uh, like in summer, we bring ACs, window ACs in so that uh, they can work also longer because they don't get tired as often. So, but you no, know, these little gestures, it, it, it really helps. Yeah, bringing ACs, that sounds so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something you mentioned is, you know, right now you have enough capital to do your own deals, you know, with your own cash. You don't need hard money or private money lenders. Uh, why do you, would you not want to leverage? Because, so right now we can do between four and five and six, I think it was. Four, between four and six flips at a time, right? Um, we do not have the manpower to do more right now. We are looking, so we have one uh, general contractor that works for us, so he's on salary. And he manages the, uh, most of six flips. If you want to do a seventh flip, we need to have a whole new crew, actually a new set of crews, because the next, we need to hire a new project manager 
for him to do the next six flips, six hours at a time. So we need to have, it's not just one more team. No, we need to have a whole new set of, of, of everything to, to run that. So your question is that why, why would you not leverage? That's the exact question I keep asking people that do private money. I, I, I never got that. Like, why would you want to do that if you have your own money? Like, first of all, it's expensive. It's super expensive. If you don't have to pay that expense, you can offer the seller more money. That means you're going to win more bids. That means you're going to do more flips and more deals. So it's not just, it's costless to do it yourself, but you get more deals, more flips, more reputation, more exposure, more reviews. All of that has a direct effect on how much money you make. A lot of people think, oh, reviews is like a detail. No, none of it is a detail. We focus 100% of our efforts on getting more reviews, getting more positive exposure, focusing on our brand, focusing on, on word of mouth, and, and um, every cent that you can, that you can save is, is, is really worth a lot more money. So, yes, I get it. When you don't have money, do private money. Absolutely. When you have so, so money that you can do one or two flips at the same time, Sure, get the third, fourth, and fifth flip with private money. But if you can do all your flips with your own money, I honestly, and I may be wrong, but I literally do not see a positive reason why you want to do that. Without the private money, I can do what I want. I can take as long as I want. I do not have to worry about the every monthly fee and all the points and all the headaches. It is less stressful. The, the deadlines, the only deadlines that matter are your deadlines. And it's just, it makes our business and our life happier. So that's why I don't do it. But I can see why others would do it, but I do not see the logic and to be very honest. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it fits, you know, your criteria and it fits your lifestyle and yeah. your risk tolerance and your goals. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, are you just looking in Connecticut or is your wholesaling business across the nation? Hey, it's a good question. Check this out. So I'm not sure if this is something new, but it's something that we're going to do. So do you know how all these national companies are national and nobody really likes them? I think they're all national, like people want to go local, right? So imagine if I have a website, let's say powerhouse bias, wink, wink, and hint, and I then find you in San Francisco and say, listen, um, Joanne, um, you have problems getting significant amount of leads. Why don't you become part of our system? I will create a page on my website that I can obviously effortlessly rank number one. You will dominate San Francisco Bay. You will be on my website. I will do all the marketing for you. I will do everything for you. Every lead that you get, monetize these leads, and you get the commission, you get the split, whatever you want to call it. And I will still brand my business as local because guess what? We are local. You are local. You're a local investor. You're not just some boots on the ground. You're part of my company on my website under my umbrella. And we will get you more leads you can handle because we have, we have, but not, not ridiculous deep pockets, but we have pretty deep pockets right now. So, um, and we're getting more and more money. So, we, get, we, could, we have a good chance of really outbidding your, your, your new average and even above average investor there. We can, we can really outbid them. So, the more of these little uh, uh, clicks we got everywhere, 
the more money we'll make, the more clicks we can get, and the more we can, we can market, and we can literally spread out and really take over and still market ourselves as local. So that's something that we're thinking about right now. So that's why we're building this website and we're building, we are looking for people that are very trustworthy and they know that the priority is the seller. Like a lot of investors do not see it this way. The priority is always the seller. If we have to break even so that they can sell their house, we break even. Okay, so as long as you understand that model, then yeah, welcome to the team and let's dominate. I love it. Yeah. So you are on a, you know, plan to grow and expand, but yeah. you know, not on your own, right? So no. still with no. a team and working with local yeah. investors, which is great. Now something yeah. you brought up in the beginning is opinions are dangerous and I cannot agree more and everybody has their own opinion right whether it's on a forum like bigger pockets yeah. or it's your mom or dad or your yeah. best friends you know you want to do something someone's going to have an opinion about it yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you just have to tune it out or find the right people to listen to exactly you know, for, for people starting out um what kind of advice would you give them okay so simple this okay <clears throat> I don't know the accurate numbers, but I, I, I quite know they're high. So let's just call it 97. I love that number, 97. Okay, so let's say 97% of investors fail. And around 97 of the time, investors do things like cold calling, direct mail marketing, driving for dollars, abandoned signs, right? <clears throat> so my advice to these people is, come on, guy, no, just, just think. Like thinking is such a, 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 a rarity in, in, in this space. Like nobody thinks, everybody follows. Everybody follows. I mean, if you think about it, right? How many people do, do yellow letters or, or direct mail? How many people? A lot of people, right? So take a yellow letter, for example. You know what? Take, take direct, let's go step higher. Take direct marketing, for example. Okay, I'm gonna give you an example, okay? You have a house, you have a room, you have a room full of people, it's a huge room, miles long, I don't care, full of people. None of these people want to sell their house, none of them. But you don't know that. And here you come in and you say to these people, okay, everybody over the age of 60, go to the rest, to the left, uh, to the right side of the room, the rest leave. So you have a bunch of people left over. Now, everybody that is an absentee owner, Go to the left side of the room and the rest leave. So now you have an, another bunch of people that, that are left over. Now you say everybody that's over, that have zero markets left, stay in the room, the rest leave. So what do you have left? Your perfect little audience, right? The perfect candidate to, 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 to market to, right? Okay, how many people of the ones that are left are going to sell their house to you? None. Because in the beginnings, I said, none of them want to sell their house, right? What I just explained to you is the core of direct mail marketing. All you have to do is you buy a random list. You filter that list out of equity, acceptance owners and whatnot. None of those criteria that you filter has anything to do with motivation. You are not filtering out motivation. You're just filtering out in case somebody is interested, you have enough there to make a deal. That's all it does. But it doesn't filter. You are spending a 
ton of money without filtering motivation. And what do we need in this space? Motivated sellers. Okay. Let me give you another example. Yellow letters. It is my biggest pet peeve about these kind of yellow letters, right? So it is known that a yellow letter is the cheapest letter you can buy. Okay. It's the thinnest. It's almost see-through. Put it in front of the sun, you can see through it. Okay. It's literally, it's the thinnest letter you can buy. It's the cheapest one you can buy in Walmart. Now, what are the people going to do? They're going to write their little note in goat's blood, red ink. Okay, can you get, can you get any creepier? No, you cannot. Okay, imagine going to your bathroom and on the, in the mirror you say, Joanne, I see you, in, in red lipstick. Okay, you, you'll freak out, right? <laughs> so here comes this horrific yellow piece of letter with red ink saying the exact same message that 30 other people have said the same thing, okay? Now, that's all fine and dandy. In that letter, you will tell people, listen, homeowner, I can buy your house in cash. Sell it to me. The homeowner opens that letter and sees that crappy yellow letter and thinks to himself, you don't even have enough money to buy a printer. Why are you telling me you can buy my house in cash? Do you see how that makes zero sense? If you make a deal from a yellow letter, it's not because you send that yellow letter. It's because you luckily reached a motivated seller, not because your mailer is pink, purple, has doodles on it. No, you just reached a motivated seller. That's it. That is it. So my advice, my advice to new people, right? You need to think. Think outside the box, use your own logic, don't follow others. Because chances are that the one that you follow, they advise their opinion, they didn't have it figured out yet either. Even though they look like they figured it out and they're all confident and they're all full of themselves and full of ego and they bark the loudest, they haven't got it figured out. Trust me, only a fraction of the percentage on the people on Bigger Focus or anywhere have it figured out, only a small fraction. And most of the time, People that got it figured out don't have the time to waste on forums. Often the time they don't have the time. I barely have time to shower, Joanne. <laughs> so believe me when I say the only reason why I'm still slaving in bigger pockets is because I truly try to help and I truly like try to see what's out there. And for all the years I've been in bigger pockets, I'm to be very quite honest, I'm quite astounded that that. Not much has changed. People are, I, I still don't understand how big, how, how uh, direct marketing is still alive today. Keep in mind, there are, there, there is room for direct marketing, absolutely. I'm not saying that direct marketing should be banned, no. Like if you have a specific list, like a really specific list that you know is an amazing list, like um, inheritance list or whatever list, okay, not absentee owners, that's, that's not to do with anything, but an, any specific list. Yeah, sure, send them a mailer. But to just take a list and you just filter out because of equity, no, there is no, there's no indication of motivation there. That needs to stop. So that's my advice to the new people. Yeah, for sure, agreed. I think bigger pockets is great in the beginning when you know I'm figuring out which niche I wanna do, what strategy. But I think after you figure that out, there you need to find you know way more targeted and yeah. specific information um yeah there's just a lot going on logic. in forums 
Right. Yeah. yeah. So is that what you would do differently if you were to start over? Would you maybe not have um, followed the opinions of others? Or is there something else you would say you would change no, if so you did it again? That's a, that's, a, that's a funny thing you mentioned because, yeah, I, 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 I have like a trauma left over from my first Twitter marketing, uh, marketing campaign. Like I'm always angry at when I even think about it. But to be very honest, I'm not sure I would change that because I only spent three months doing directly marketing. And because I knew how horrible it was, I started doing SEO. So I didn't really waste a lot of time or make a lot of mistakes. I did it the right way since quite early. The only thing I regret is not starting earlier. I started, I don't know, I started four years ago. So I should have started 20 years ago. I wish I started one years ago. But um, what I did was literally the right thing. I built my website immediately. Immediately I focused on my website. And then I realized quite immediately that everybody on bigger pockets, their opinion are dangerous. So, so listen to the opinions. Plenty of people that have very good opinions and they try to help. But it's still very dangerous. You need to know when to follow the opinion and when not to, and when double check something. So quite early, I said no opinions. I locked myself into my room. I didn't come out until I figured SEO out. When I figured SEO out, and to be very honest, that's literally what happened. I locked myself into my room until I figured it out. And once I figured it out, I came back to Bakerbox. I showed up my results, and we blew up. We blew up. Immediately, I got the invitation of the lead generation guy, and that was before I had an SEO company, I, I already had a reputation. So then people started asking for help and obviously you need to help each other, right? So I helped them out. And then three more people asked for help, I helped them out. And then 10 people asked, and then one time it became too much, so I started, you know what, let me just, let me just charge people for it. And I kind of felt very guilty in the beginning, like you don't charge somebody needs help, you help them out, right? But it, I, I, I ended up charging them, shame on me. And, um, it, it grew a blue and it's never intended, but now we will be running two, two six figure, six figure a month companies. And it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite, this is quite unbelievable beyond, because I, I wasn't born rich. I'm still this little monkey with living in an apartment and, and, you know, it's same, same mentality. I'm not going to buy two loaves of bread when I know one's going to get spoiled in three days. No, I'm still very, conservative and whatnot but I've never seen this much money in my life to be very honest yeah I mean a lot of people have regrets but what your journey is like that's the road that got you to where you are yeah now, right yeah. so yeah exactly. yeah yeah and you know it sounds like you're so motivated that you locked yourself away into a room <laughs> just to figure out SEO what keeps you going so I have a I have, I have this very strong um, image of what my life should be, right? And um, it's funny that you asked that question because that is a very, very uh, dear topic to me. So let me, instead of telling you, let me, let me try to show you, right? So I get a lead, okay? And I love to go through my appointments in the morning. Like, like it's something about mornings, like the sun is shining, it's, it's, it's bright and happy, right? So I jump in my car, and I go to that appointment. And I'm driving and driving and driving. I'm looking to the right, I'm looking to the left, okay? On the right, I see a woman driving like this. In the mirror, putting lipstick on, and they are rushing to work, right? And drive left and see this guy here, taking with his, with eating his sandwich. And I realize how lucky I am, right? Here is why. 
The only difference between both people, no more than six feet from me, is a choice. The only difference is a choice. They choose that life. They, he chose that life. When you, I go back home from that appointment, it's like, like 12 o'clock and I drive, and I see companies on the right side and I see people in the company area, in the, in the, in the, in the grounds, on the stables eating their lunches. And I'm like, dude, these guys are still plugged into the matrix. They're still sleeping. They didn't wake up. So they have no idea what their lives could be if they just made that choice. Because guess what? I was a fancy NASA robotic scientist and I love the reputation. I love the, the recognition I got. Somebody asked me, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing for, for, for work? I said, oh, I'm an astronaut scientist. Oh, really? Wow. Really? No, I tell them I'm an, I'm an investor. That's nice. That's it. <laughs> right? But no matter how fancy my job was, I am in an office. I spent literally more, probably like 15, 16 hours a day in a building. I wake up at six, maybe get ready, spend like 40 minutes getting ready, jump in my car, spend 40 minutes driving to work, spend five minutes walking to my office, unpacking, then spend the next eight, nine hours working, then spend two hours driving back home. And then you were tired, you need to make your lunch. And by the end of the day, you probably have like, I don't know, an hour left to watch some TV and then back to bed and make, do the exact same thing over again to make somebody else rich, right? You spent more than 80% of your life enclosed in a building making somebody else rich. My image of my life is freedom, okay? I'm not even talking about money, I'm talking about freedom. I want to have a house in Thailand. I want to have a house in the Philippines. I want to have a house in India and in Amsterdam and in Spain. And I want to spend three months there, two months there, five months there. And I leave only when I say, you know what? I want to see something new. And I want to eat every single dish that exists. I want to taste everything. That's a big thing of me. I, I, I food, don't mess with me with food. I'll eat anything. So, that is what I've envisioned my life. And I'm quite serious about it. I'm really serious about that. And the only way you can get that done is if you really get your act together and do something about it. So working for somebody else is not going to happen. It's not, it's, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Okay. When somebody you work for will, will eventually tell you, hey, I need you for this. You have to drop what you're doing and do what they say because the, the, your paycheck depends on them. So right now, my paycheck depends on how clever I can think, how efficiently I can figure out SEO, how efficiently I can get leads to my website and get deals done, and how realistic it is for me to do five flips at a time versus three flips at a time. So now we do five to six flips, sure. But how do I get to do 30 flips at a time? And once I get it figured out, guess what? I'll make 10 times more money than, than I'm doing now and have way more chance of becoming free. So right now we are there already, but we are far from there because right now I have money, but I don't have time. 
which is a little worse than there was before. So that's why we're focusing very hard right now on how to make this entire business. And um, that's another, another reason why I don't like doors. I don't, I don't want to collect doors. Uh, everybody says, oh no, passive income, passive. No, passive income, nothing passive income. Any company is passive income, as long as you automate it. Do you think, do you think Jeff Bezos is doing any work? This guy has, has, he has paid somebody to be a CEO for him. Like you can automate any business that you want, just automate it, hire a CEO and, and go off and explore the world. So do you know, so right now we are about, and it fluctuates like a hundred grand a week in profits, right? Um, do you know how many doors you need to have to make a hundred grand a week? Do you know how much liability, how much stress, how many tenants you need to deal with? I don't care if you hire somebody else to do it. You are still, every day is somebody suing me. Almost, no, no, I must rather keep flipping. The house is mine. There's no, there's, there's limited interaction with anybody else. And as long as you can automate it, then automate it. So that's what keeps me motivated. Like, like I, I, some people woke up, many people didn't wake up yet. They are still plugged into the system. And luckily we, we woke up. Yeah, well, I remember myself, you know, when I was still working my full-time job, the quote that kept me going was, if you are not building your dream, you're going to get paid to build somebody else's. And yeah. I just couldn't live with that. So yeah, yeah. thank you so much for all of these nuggets and entertainment on this episode today, <laughs> Cheryl. If people want to find out more about your business, about SEO, how can they find you? Um, they can just Google Gerald, you'll see, but, but, but <laughs> yeah, you can find me at SEO for real estate investors.com or you can just go to the mighty investor.com. It, it will, it will redirect, but yeah, SEO for these investors and you'll find me, but if you just Google SEO anything listen that you, you should be finding me. Awesome. And all of your contact information will be linked in the show notes. So you can check there yeah. as well. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, thank you, Joanne. It's nice to be here.